with me, I want to invite you to take your Bible and turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And uh, we're going to use the passage there as our springboard into a new series this morning. And before, we, uh, before I set up the series, I know we threw you a little bit of a curveball this morning in our worship set by doing the offering on the front end versus the back end. My, one of my daughters looked over and said, hey, this is different. And I know that's exactly what you were thinking too, like, what? Uh, did I somehow fall asleep and woke up at the end of the service and didn't realize that I missed the whole preaching? And uh, you, sorry, you, you didn't miss the preaching. It's still going to happen. But uh, uh, we decided to uh, switch it up. We've been talking about it for a few months. I don't know if we're going to do this regularly, but uh, we're also going to show an announcement video at the end and never want to do videos back-to-back if we can get away from it. So we reorchestrated the uh, order of the service this morning, and uh, I think it flowed uh, pretty well. But this morning we're going to begin a new sermon series, a short sermon series that... Uh, uh, should just take us all the way through the month of August, uh, right now kind of kicking around, maybe going in the first couple weeks of September. Right now it's just a four-week series, and we're going to be looking at the idea or the biblical concept of hospitality, uh, of just being a, a person, a, a Christian, a church that is welcoming. And so we're going to look at this biblical concept of hospitality. It's funny, it's really not funny, it's interesting that in Romans chapter 12, in verses 9 through 13, Paul lays out some marks of a true Christian. So as he's addressing the church there in Rome, he's talking through all of this doctrine, all of this uh, teaching on what salvation is and how salvation has come to both Jew and Gentile and how it makes us one in Christ. He comes to chapter 12 and begins to lay out how this is to, to be fleshed out in the life of the Christian, and he mentions some marks of the true Christian. And so I just want to read these four verses this morning. Use them as a springboard as we open up this new series today. Verse 9, Paul says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. As he lays out all of these different marks of what a true Christian ought to look like, he ends this short passage by saying, seek to show hospitality. I wonder this morning, if we ran around the room and just gave definitions of hospitality, how many different ideas we would come up with. And so what is it? What is hospitality? What does it mean to show hospitality through our lives? Well, I looked it up uh, here recently, what a definition of hospitality is. And here's a simple definition. It is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. And so what is hospitality? It's simply the reception, it's the uh, friendly entertainment of someone who's a stranger. Paul here tells us to seek to show hospitality. And here in this verse, verse 13, Paul uses a Greek word as phylosenia. It's a compound word that it comes from two words, phylos, meaning love, and xenos, meaning stranger. And so literally what Paul is saying here is this. He's saying as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, seek to love strangers. 
Seek to be a friend to the alien. Seek to be one who would embrace someone who's not like you. So literally Paul is telling us to love strangers. I wonder this morning, can you say today as a follower of Jesus that you love strangers? That you, that you embrace the stranger. I, I get it this morning. I understand that this is a difficult concept. I, I, I understand that completely. The whole idea of loving someone that you don't know, embracing someone that you've never met, uh, befriending and serving somebody that you've never laid eyes on, you don't know anything about this person. I understand the fear or the uneasiness that may come with that. The uncertainty, there's risk involved. I get it when you meet a stranger. Much less invite them into your life. You see, when you meet someone for the first time, you never know what you're getting. You never know what that person's like. You never know what's going on in that person's life. And so it's dangerous. It's risky. I heard about a seminary student who drove about 30 miles to church on Sunday mornings to, to preach. I remember uh, Kara and I, when we, uh, our, my first pastorate, I was finishing up seminary in Louisville. And so every Sunday morning for five months, we would get up and leave Louisville, which is an hour ahead, than where we were going in western Kentucky. We would drive two and a half hours, preach all day, and then come back and be home at midnight, be in class at 8 o'clock the next morning. It was a glorious five months. So here's a seminary student. It wasn't too bad. We had some good hospitality over there, but it was, it was interesting. I was grateful to be able to move there and, and live there. So this is what seminary students do. They usually minister way out from where they're going to school. And so here's a seminary student driving 30 miles every Sunday morning to church. And as he would go, most every Sunday morning, he would frequently stop by and pick up hitchhikers, which freaks us out. Let's just go ahead and say that off the, off the cuff here, that in this day and age, we typically don't pick up hitchhikers. But this seminary student liked to pick up hitchhikers. And so one day he picked up a young man who noticed that he was wearing a suit. And so he asked the, the young man, this young seminary student, if he could go to church with him that morning. And this student obviously said, absolutely. Man, you can come to church with me. And so he took him to church. The stranger came there and afterward was invited to one of the members' home for lunch and a time of fellowship. And while there in this home of this church member, he received a hot bath, he got some new clean clothes, and he had a good warm meal. In conversation around the dinner table that afternoon, they found that this young man was a follower of Jesus, but he'd been out of fellowship with the Lord for some time. His home was in another state, and he was just simply passing through on his way back home. And so later that evening, after giving him a bath and giving him some clothes and giving him a hot meal and having a good time of fellowship, they bought him a bus ticket and sent him on his way. A week or so later, the seminary student got a letter in the mail from this hitchhiker. Enclosed with a letter was a newspaper clipping with the headlines reading, Man Turns Himself In for Murder. Young man apparently had been involved in an attempted robbery and killed a teenage boy and had been on the run for some time from the authorities. But through the kindness and the hospitality shown through that, that Christian seminary student, shown by the people in that church who embraced him and loved him and served him, through that kindness and through their hospitality, this man was brought under deep conviction and he wanted to be in right fellowship with his God and he knew to have that fellowship, he had to do what was right. So he went and turned himself in to the authorities. You see, little did those Christians know that by their faithfulness to show hospitality, they had been used of God to influence this man to do what was right in the Lord's eyes and therefore restore this young man to a right relationship with God. 
this morning. Would you be the Christian that would welcome a stranger into your home? This morning, would we be the type of Christians who would welcome a stranger into the fellowship of our church? You say, we do that all the time. Thankfully, we have guests nearly every Sunday that darken the doors of our church and sit in our worship services and come into our small groups. But sometimes, let's be honest, we'll talk about this as we go through this series this month. Many times in the life and the fellowship of our church, or any church for that matter, we say, man, we love those who come to our church. We welcome them into our church, but oftentimes we don't really welcome them into our holy huddles. And we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. But are we hospitable to people who are new, to the strangers and to the aliens in our life. Today what we see in our culture is something far different from what we see in the culture of the early church. We don't see a whole lot of hospitality in America today. In fact, I don't even see a lot of hospitality in the Bible Belt of America today. And so why is that? Here's a statement I want to make, and I believe this is a true statement. Culturally, America is becoming less and less hospitable because America is becoming more and more secular. Do you agree with that? In America, we are becoming more and more secular. You just saw a video of uh, last week's trip to Barcelona where Jonathan and I and some people from other churches in our area were there putting on a basketball camp. We're going to a major city in, in Europe, which Europe used to be the hub of Christianity. Do you realize that? But just five, six hundred years removed from the Reformation, Europe is vastly secular. The grand cathedrals of yesteryear are nothing more than museums today because they've lost the gospel. And so in America today, we're seeing this trend. We typically track along behind what Europe's doing. And so we are becoming more and more secular. Why is that? It's because the church in America is becoming more and more secular. We're becoming more independent. We're becoming more dependent upon ourselves. We're marginalizing the Lord and His Word from our lives and from our preaching and from our churches. Thus, culture is following along the tracks of where the church is headed. Today, Christians are forsaking their distinctiveness as the children of God. And these marks here that Paul laid out in Romans chapter 12 are being marginalized and forsaken in the lives of Christians and in the lives of churches. The writer of Hebrews said this in Hebrews chapter 13 verses 1 and 2. He says, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. If you take Hebrews 13, you take what Paul's saying in Romans chapter 12 verse 13 where he says, seek to show hospitality. What we see here is a command to be hospitable as a follower of Jesus. But Hebrews tells us or warns us to not neglect that. So what we're seeing is this. We see that there's a danger in the life of a Christian to neglect hospitality. There's a danger in the life of the Christian to become comfortable with what we are used to. Comfortable with our relationships, comfortable with our norms. And so we push away anything that would lead us out of the comfort zone. Hospitality can be neglected. It's easy to fall into the neglection of hospitality. Let me illustrate what I'm talking about here. There's a physical force on this planet that's called gravity, right? You've heard of gravity? Most of us, we understand gravity because as we get older, gravity takes its toll on our bodies. We begin to, to droop. We, you know, the muscles that you once had, you don't have those anymore. Why? Because gravity's weighing you down. 
I, I, love, uh, I love space and the whole concept of, of going into outer space and all of that. And so uh, this hugely comes into play there. And so think about this f- with me, if you will. In order to break free from the earth-centered life, when a rocket is shot up into space, say the Atlas V or the Vulcan or whatever it may be back in the day, the space shuttle, when a rocket is shot up into space, thousands upon thousands of pounds of energy have to be expended in order to push that rocket, that Atlas V rocket, up into orbit, to push it away from the center of the earth. There's also, if you think about this, there's also a psychological force of gravity in our lives and in our churches that constantly is pulling our thoughts, pulling our affections, pulling our physical actions inward toward the center of our own selves and to the center of our own homes. So the natural, the most natural thing for us to do is to neglect hospitality. It's to continue to do what we've been doing all along, to focus on self. It is the path of least resistance. All we have to do is yield to the natural gravity of our own self-centered life, and the result would be a life full of self which has no room for hospitality. The only thing we have to do in life is nothing, and that's the way we'll live. Not hospitable, not loving toward others, not embracing the outsider, simply going along the flow, continuing to be inward focused in everything that we do. And what happens is we will forget about it and we will neglect it. And so the Bible would bluntly tell us this morning, stop it. Stop being a, a, a self-centered person. Instead, build a launching pad. Fill up your boosters and blast out of your self-oriented routine. Stop neglecting hospitality and practice it in your life. That's what the Word of God would call us to this morning. Why is it that way? Why would the Word of God call us to live that way? Why does hospitality, or what does it have to do with my relationship with Jesus? That's something I want us to connect this morning as we go through this first message in this series. So this morning, I'm going to speak to this subject that's on the screen. You are welcome. What does hospitality have to do with your Christian life? What does it have to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ? If we're going to understand this concept of being a welcoming person, it, we must understand that it begins with God and His reaching out to us. His welcoming of us into His life and into His salvation. As we look into the Bible, everything that we see in the New Testament is built upon the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, the clearest text on hospitality we find is found in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 33 and 34. They're on the screen for you. There the law says this, when a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Leave that on the screen, if you will, for just a moment. The law tells us here that we as a people of God, the Israels in particular, were to bring in the foreigner, to bring in the stranger, and to treat them as if they were a native, to love the stranger who's in the land. And he tells them, because you're to do this as you remember that you were once a stranger too. You were a stranger in Egypt, and I'm the Lord, your God. You see the motivation here for hospitality. God tells them, I am the Lord, your God. Biblical hospitality is rooted in God's hospitality as he reached out and welcomed sinful men to himself. He says, I am the Lord, your God. 
You were a stranger in Egypt, but I'm your Lord. And so let's think about this for a minute. Let's wrestle with this if we can. God tells us here to love strangers because you were a stranger in Egypt. Now, why should that be a motivation for us, just simply because I've been a stranger? That's a good question. Perhaps that's not the right question to be asking, because I don't believe that's the focus of what the Lord is telling us here in these two verses. I believe what the, the, the Lord is telling us, telling Israel, and as, uh, as, as a consequence, telling us this morning is this. You were a stranger in Egypt, but you're not a stranger in Egypt no more. You were in bondage in Egypt, but you're not there anymore. That's the point what God is saying here. You were once a stranger, you were once in bondage, you were once away from me in your sin, but you're not that way anymore because I am the Lord your God. I'm the Lord your God. This phrase is packed with meaning. In fact, the very first, these are the very first words found in the Ten Commandments there in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. And any good Israelite would have known how to carry on this verse as it's laid out there in Exodus 20. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So this phrase here, I'm the Lord your God, is nothing more than shorthand where God is saying this. I am Yahweh, I'm the Lord, who came to you when you were oppressed aliens in the land of Egypt. And I'm the one who saved you. I'm the one who's brought you out. This is the grace of God in the Old Testament. And it spills over into the New Testament. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse, verse 11 through 13, Paul says, therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by the, uh, by the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember, verse 12, that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Do you see what the Word of God is telling us this morning? That we have a God who has welcomed us. He welcomed Israel. He called them out, created a nation, a people for his own self. As they were in bondage there in Egypt, it's a picture of mankind being in bondage in sin. And God rescues them from their bondage, brings them into the promised land. He's the one who has welcomed sinful humanity to himself. And so here's a biblical truth that we need to understand as it comes to being a welcoming, hospitable believer. We are to welcome the stranger because God in Jesus Christ has welcomed us as strangers. We're to welcome the stranger because God in His Son Jesus Christ has welcomed you and I as strangers to Himself. You see, every time we meet someone new, we have a choice to make. Will I embrace this person, a stranger, or will I not even pay them any attention? And do you know that every single person that God seeks to come into relationship with, he has the same two choices. I can embrace this stranger in his sin or her sin, or I can welcome this sinner, this stranger, into a relationship with myself. God is a hospitable God, and he comes to us, and he embraces us even in our alienation. And so we, as ones who have been brought in from the alien land, can now be a friend of God. And so let me give you a couple things in, as it pertains to being welcomed in Jesus Christ. First of all, you are welcome in Jesus Christ because God has opened himself to you. You are welcomed in Jesus Christ because God has opened himself to you. 
You see, for the believer, Paul makes the point that there was a time. There was a time there in Ephesians chapter 2 when you were separated from Christ. I want you to just take a minute and just think about the moment, the, the, the period of your life prior to coming to follow Jesus Christ. Maybe you were 18 like myself when you came to know the Lord, but those first 18 years were lived in alienation from the Lord. What was your life like before you came to know Jesus? What were the circumstances that, laid, or that, that, that played into you coming to know Jesus? How many times do we, we go back and we reflect on all the grace that God has extended to us as we think and reflect upon what our life was like before Jesus and taking it a step further, thinking about what your life would be if Jesus had never changed your life? Where would you be today but for the grace of God? We have a prison ministry in our church that goes and, and works with adolescents and young adults who are in the, in the system. And so sometimes you may walk out of a, of a prison and you may be thinking, man, I, but for the grace of God, I, I could be that person. But for the grace of God, I could be in trouble like that person. It's just the grace of God that has us where we are today. God has opened himself up to each and every one of us. So Paul is making the point that we were once separated from Christ. We were once strangers to the covenants of his promise. We were once those who were without God. The Bible tells us that your sin has separated you from God and it's inhibited you from knowing him. It's inhibited God from knowing you. Isaiah 59 too tells us that. We've read that in our devotions in recent weeks. That our sin is what stands between us and a loving Father. Your sin was great, but the good news of the Bible, the good news of the gospel, was that His grace was greater towards you. The Bible tells us that even though there is nothing good in any of us, God loves us. He loves us so much that He sent His one and only Son to take our sin upon Himself so that we might, be, so that we might become righteousness, taking on His righteousness in our life. So Paul says... But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were once strangers have been brought near to us. How has that happened? It's because holy God has opened himself up to us. He's the one who sought us out. In your sin, the Bible says that we've all rejected. Romans 3 tells us that we are all enemies of God, haters of God, wanting nothing to do with God. We are like the prodigal son who's constantly running away from the Father, and yet God is still opening himself up to each and every one of us. He's the one who lifts his loving arms and embraces us as sinners. And all we must do is turn to faith in Him. You are welcomed in Jesus Christ because God has opened Himself to you. Second thing I want you to see this morning. You are welcome in Jesus Christ because God has served you. Paul goes on to say there in Ephesians 2, You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How were we brought near? It's through the sacrificial lamb of God shedding eternal blood there on the cross on Calvary. God has served you. Hospitality, remember, is the friendly and general reception of entertainment of strangers. It's loving strangers. And that's what Jesus has done for us. That's what the Word of God calls us to do. In fact, Job is a great example of this. In Job 31, 32, as he pours his heart out to the Lord, he says, The sojourner has not lodged in the street. I have opened my doors to the traveler. Job served the stranger. He sacrificially gave his best. But it's not anything in comparison to what the Lord has done for us. You see, Jesus has given us his very best. 
as he gave himself upon the cross. His blood is what brings us into fellowship with the Father. God has served you and I with his very best by giving himself. Paul reminds us here that there's nothing less than the blood of Jesus Christ that has brought us near to the Lord. And so you are welcome because God paid the ultimate price for your redemption. It's not something you earn. It's not something you hope that your good outweighs your bad at the the end of all things. It's nothing like that. It's something that you must freely receive as a gift from the Lord. You're welcome in Jesus Christ because God has served you. The third thing that I want you to see this morning is this. You are welcome in Jesus Christ because God has rejoiced in you. If we were to go on down in Ephesians chapter 2, we're actually going to look at this passage much more detailed next week and and, and the the entire passage there, uh, verse 11 on through the end of the chapter. But in verse 19, Ephesians 2, 19, Paul says this, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're no longer strangers, you're no longer aliens, but now you're fellow citizens in the household of God. Paul would say it this way to the Galatians in Galatians 4, 7. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Do you see what the Lord has done for you? He rejoices over you. What is Paul saying here about our relationship with the Lord? It's as if God is saying this to us. Your family. Your family. You're no longer a stranger, you're a son. And if a son, you're an heir to all that a son has. You're no longer an alien. No, you're a member of the household. You have all of the things that come, the rights and the privileges that come with being a member of the family. Family is what it's all about. We love family. Now, I get it this morning. Many of us, we might not have a, the right understanding of family. Perhaps it's because of how we were raised. Perhaps it's about things that ha- has happened to us by family members. But as we come to the Word of God, we need to understand that we have a Father. And better than that, we have an Abba Father. We have a Daddy who loves us unconditionally, loves us passionately, rejoices over everything in our life. I mean, think about it, Dad's. What were you like when you had that first child or that second child? It really doesn't matter how many you had. What were you doing as you're in that that delivery room or standing out like it used to be? Uh, I I wanted to go back to the old days, but I'm done with kids. But I I never really wanted to be in the birthing room. That's a dangerous place. Your your wife is, you know, she's kind of crazy out of her head. You you weren't. You were awesome. (laughs) But other ladies are crazy and out of their head. But I remember each and every one of our daughters just holding them in my hand and just looking at them like, wow, what a beautiful, beautiful girl. Just rejoicing at the birth of a child. See, we have a daddy who rejoices at our birth, our spiritual birth. He says to the angels of heaven, boys, isn't she beautiful? Boys, isn't he handsome? Look at that daughter of mine. She's priceless. So we have a daddy who rejoices over every step we make, every growth mark that we pass as a follower of Jesus, and he rejoices over us. We have a daddy who loves us like we are and rejoices in how we're growing. We have a daddy who rejoices in our successes and picks us up in our failures. He's never disappointed in us. He loves us. He rejoices in us. Why? Because he's welcomed us to himself. His love is unfailing. His love never ceases. His love is perfect toward us. His love is unconditional. 
Sometimes, let's just be honest, our love is not unconditional. Even in our families, sometimes our love is not unconditional. Why is that? It's because we're not perfect yet. But God is perfect, and His love is always unconditional. This morning, we've sang songs about fear. We've sang songs about chains and that are tying us down and how God is the chain breaker in our lives. And so this morning, you may have some of those chains tying you down. You may have some of those things in your, in your, in your mind and in your heart that's just weighing you down. And you just think, how could the Lord ever love me? He loves you because He has a perfect love. He loves you because it's not about what you've done. He loves you because it's about what He's done to make you perfect, to make you whole, to make you a child of God. And this Abba Father of ours, we don't have to earn His love. He's already opened it up to us. He says, come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the Abba Father who's opened Himself up to us. He's the one who's welcomed us into His family, into His kingdom, into His relationship that He so desires to be in with us. And so as we think about hospitality today, and as we think about how it should be uh, portrayed in, in our lives personally, in our families, in our church, we need to understand that hospitality begins with the Lord. And as we look over the scope of our culture, hospitality may be on decline in America today, but we need to be reassured this morning that hospitality is not on decline with God. He's never stopped. He loves strangers. In fact, it's been said that God's love is like the Amazon River flowing down to water one simple daisy. So you are welcome to God. You're welcome to God precisely because He has set His love and affection upon you. He has opened Himself to you. He has served you. And He rejoices over you this morning. And so, Christian, how, how is your hospitality? How is your embrace of the stranger? How is your embrace of the foreigner? How is your embrace of someone who's not like you? We understand that as humans, imperfect, sinful humans, this, this mantra of birds of a feather flock together we get that, but we have to push against that. We can't always just identify with those who are like us and look like us and talk like us and like the things that we like. We've got to expand ourselves as Christians and be more hospitable to all kinds of people. Now, your mind may be going, so do we accept their sinfulness? Absolutely not. But we love them. We love the person because God loves the person. We let Jesus deal with the sin, but we embrace and love the individual. So how's your, pers- your, your hospitality in your life? During this series, over the next three Sundays, I, I want us to, to learn more about God's hospitality towards strangers. And I want us to learn how we can also become more hospitable, more welcoming as a follower of Jesus. How we can become more welcoming as a church. Man, do the people in Powhatan, do they feel like they can come to Red Lane Baptist Church and be welcomed here? Or do they feel like if they come here, they're going to be judged? How's our hospitality? Before I make this sound like I'm just stepping on everybody's toes, I want to give you some good news. I don't think I've ever met with a visiting family or individual or someone seeking membership who hasn't told me, I felt warmed, I felt, I felt warmly embraced by the people of Red Lane Baptist Church. And so you're to be commended for that. This is a welcoming 
church. This is a friendly church. But we always got room to grow, right? We always got some things we need to tidy up a little bit. So we're going to talk about how we need to get out of holy huddles sometimes and we need to bring those people into those holy huddles and things of that nature. So how can we become more welcoming as a body of Christ? The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is always conforming us more and more into the image of Christ. And so we want to become what Jesus is and He is a Savior who welcomes all people. This morning, hospitality, biblically speaking, finds its genesis in God. As God has welcomed strangers to himself, as God has paid the price and served us through his son, paying the ultimate penalty for our sins. And so this morning, as we seek to be hospitable, we need to make sure that we first have embraced the welcome that God has extended to us. And so this morning, are you in relationship with Jesus Christ? Has there been a moment in your life that you knowingly and willingly have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? You've confessed your sinfulness. You've trusted in him and him alone for forgiveness. Are you today in relationship with Jesus? You say, I'm a member of the church. Does not matter? I've been attending church my whole life. Does it matter? Are you in relationship with Jesus Christ? And then if you're in relationship with Jesus, what's your hospitality like? I keep getting that word mixed up. What's your hospitality like? How loving are you toward others? Are you the type of Christian that you just simply wear a frown all the time? That's just who you are. Well, that's not who Jesus is. And so you need to grow in your love toward others. You need to grow in your embrace toward others. And so don't, don't just fall back and say, it's, it's my personality. Well, we're not striving for your personality. We're striving to image the personality of Jesus Christ. That's what the Word says. He's conforming us more and more into His image. As we were in Barcelona, we got discussing one night at dinner about personality traits, and, and, and Jonathan Dixon, he, he can look at a person within 5'10", um, I may be exaggerating this a little bit, but he can look at a person in no time, figure out what personality traits you have. And so he told me, and he's told me before, but that I'm an ISTJ, I think that's what it is. And I, we looked it up, and I'm a, a logician. I like that phrase. I'm very logical and whatever else that stuff means. And so it was interesting. We had this conversation. It started one night. It continued the whole time we were in Barcelona for about four or five days after that. And it was a fun, fun conversation. At times, I think we can hide behind our personality. I don't want to hide behind my personality. I want to hide and walk in the personality of Jesus Christ. That's who I'm becoming conformed into the image of. And so, do you know Jesus this morning? If you do know Jesus this morning, how hospitable, how, how much do you image Jesus in and through your life? What's the Lord spoken to your heart this morning through this message? We're going to move to a time of response, and I'm just going to ask that you would respond in, in whatever manner the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Some of you may need to give your life to Jesus today. Others, as a follower of Jesus, you need to just, just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not very hospitable. I'm not very welcoming. I don't even know the people who live on my street. How can I ever be a missionary to the, to the context you've placed my home if I don't even know the people that I live next to? I don't talk to the people at work. I don't talk to people in the community. And so this morning, the thing you need to do more than anything else as a follower of Jesus is just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm not failing you in this area. Help me to be hospitable. Even today, God, help me to go meet a neighbor. Take a pie to a neighbor this afternoon just for an opportunity to be Jesus to a family you've never spoken to. What's God speaking to your heart about today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for being the God who has welcomed us. 
Lord, we have nothing to offer you. Only thing we have to offer you is sin. Only thing we have to give you is our mess. And yet, Lord, you have embraced us. You've welcomed us into your family. And I thank you that many across this room have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. But God, some haven't. And this morning, even in this time of response, they, that senior adult man, that senior adult woman, that teenager, that young adult, that child, needs to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And Father, as believers, we are all guilty of not being very hospitable at times. And so Lord, whatever you've placed upon our hearts and in our minds this morning, of areas that we need to grow in, God, help us not to dismiss that. I pray that wouldn't be something that walks out as we walk out of the door this morning that we leave in this room. God, it'd be something that we deal with before we leave. And that we're trusting you for as we go out into this world this week. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to everybody we come in contact with. God, grow us as a church to be a hospitable place, a family that loves strangers and newcomers. God, that we would welcome the guest, not with just a bulletin and a handshake and a smile, but God, welcome them even into our homes. Say, man, brother, thank you for worshiping with us today. You got plans for lunch today. Lord, help us to be that hospitable. Grow us, Lord. Bless us in every way. Speak to our hearts and help us to respond in this time of invitation. We pray in Jesus' name.